welcome to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where we talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, life coach, Emma Wilson, and I'm here to help you feel better, get unstuck, and be more confident at 30. This week's episode is a special solo episode all about what I have learned from over 500 hours of coaching women who are turning 30. This episode is dedicated to all of my amazing clients who in the past 12 months have stepped up and believed in themselves enough to invest a substantial amount of time, energy and money and sign up to a coaching program. Women who weren't afraid to look inside, do the hard work, make the changes and go out and achieve some amazing results. Now, as a side note, I will just draw attention to the fact that I say women when I talk about my clients and my audience. And if I'm being honest, up until this week, every single person that I have coached in my Turning 30 program does identify as a woman. But I want to be very clear that everything I'm saying doesn't exclusively apply to women. And you may have just heard me say that up until this week, because very excitingly, a man just signed up to my next chapter group course. And this was amazing for me. This was a big step for my business because when I'm doing my marketing, I'm not specifically just speaking to women. Everything that I teach in my coaching, the concepts and the coaching skills, all of the experiences I talk about feeling stuck at this age and wanting change, is completely universal. It's for any sexual orientation. It's actually for any age. Of course, my expertise and my speciality is helping individuals who are at this age and this stage of life. But by absolutely no means does this exclude somebody who isn't this age. I'm just really excited that this group course is going to bring people together. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it later on in the podcast, but I really just wanted to say that I am celebrating the fact that the first guy has signed up to the program and I know that he will not be the last. Anyway, I digress. Back to the episode. So I didn't really have this one planned at all. And then the other week I was scrolling through my very fancy client database and just doing some admin, updating a few things. And I realized that, wow, I've coached so many women in the past 12 months. It's been just under 12 months since I officially finished my full-time job and I went out and did coaching full-time. I've coached almost 40 women and I've realized that when you add up all the hours of coaching, that's over 500 hours hours of conversations with you all and that's not even including the almost 100 hours of consultations that I've had with individuals who reached out to me who were interested in signing up of those 100 hours so it was almost actually 100 people it was a very humbling moment when I went to send an email the other day to all of the people who had a consultation with me about doing one-on-one coaching and then in the end didn't pull the trigger and actually uh, sign up and I when I was writing the email and I was putting in the email addresses I realized that it was 60 individuals and 
that's 60 hours of conversations that I had, crazy amount of time. And that's not including the 40 hours of conversations I had with the 40 women who did sign up. So all in all, in the past year, it's safe to say that I've done a lot of talking and connecting and discussing and analyzing and coaching with uh, people who connect to my brand and feel at some way that they want to make a change at the age of 30. So this number really astounds me because the truth is, as well as the fact that I'm a coach and that's a, the main aspect of my job, I almost feel in some way that I'm a sociological researcher. A side part of my job really is collecting data and having these conversations with you all. I'm really able to understand exactly what's going on with you all what it's really like to be in your late 20s or in your 30s and what you feel about it and what you think about it I have learned so much from you all so much about myself so much about our generation and our culture and society and it's really helped me to deepen and develop my ability to help you and my ability to be a better coach over the past year My coaching niche actually originally developed from career coaching, which is why I always tell new coaches who are starting out to just go out there and speak to people and work with people because you're going to see what comes up and what you like to help people with. And for me, when I started out career coaching, I realized how much I loved coaching individuals who were struggling, feeling left behind at this really significant transformational age. And I heard time and time again, limiting beliefs that at the age of 30 plus or with a big birthday looming, that it was going to be harder to implement changes or harder to reach new goals. Or most frustratingly, that age was a factor in these clients not doing something that they really wanted to do, which in my case was usually something linked to careers. So this really jumped out to me in my first six months of being a coach and I just instantly knew that this was my favourite topic to discuss and I knew it inside the sessions and then I realised it afterwards when I was creating content and it just came to me really naturally. Add to this all my own preconceptions and thoughts from my own turning 30 crisis and the transformation that I personally made during this time, I just realised that this is my passion. So I started out with a pretty good idea of what it meant to turn 30 but in order to make sure this was a niche that was going to work for me I did a lot of research before and I spoke to tens of women and interviewed them. It was a bit like a market research project before I decided to go all in on it and so I did learn a lot but the most amount that I have learned has been since I decided my niche and specifically since I started coaching so many of you. It's been amazing to collect this data and have these conversations and when I noticed it I'd had over 500 hours of coaching I was really reflecting on all of the lessons that I've learned in the past year and I knew that I just had to do a podcast episode to share it with you. Most importantly this podcast episode is going to show you very clearly that what you are currently going through is something that a lot of people go through. You are not alone and it is completely 
completely normal. And I say this on my initial consultation calls for one-on-one coaching when I have somebody who is distressed and judgmental about the way they, the fact they feel this way, I always say, I don't mean to make you not feel special, but this is something completely normal. And these are conversations I have day in and day out with people. So let's dive in. And what I'm going to do is share with you my research findings from the past year of my social experiment talking to all of you. Research finding number one, birthdays bring shit up. And specifically, 30th birthdays really bring shit up. It's not just 30th birthdays, but there is something about the turn of a decade birthday that really exaggerates and emphasizes any of the feelings we have about any birthday. But just in general, let's talk about birthdays and why they bring shit up. So I know this for myself. Right now, I'm in my birthday week. This weekend, I'm actually turning 34. And it always just makes me in a very reflective place. Aren't birthdays just the weirdest thing when you think about it? Because really, you're just another day older. Nothing has actually changed from one day to the next. In fact, one hour to the next when you actually turn the next age at midnight. But because of the way birthdays have been commercialized, we have been led to believe that something really big is going to happen on this day. Or even more so that something big should happen on this day. And when it doesn't, we feel that something bad has happened. I have had so many sessions with clients who are anxious about their upcoming birthdays, be it from two different viewpoints. One of the things that I see a lot is this anxiety in relation to the prospect of having to arrange a celebration with friends and with family or what they want to do and the pressures of who to invite and how to do it and all of those things which can also really bring about birthday anxiety. Some people adore celebrating birthdays and love organizing parties and enjoy that attention but those who don't and I really see myself in that category who don't love the idea of having a day just about them or just feel pressured and stressed about having to arrange something it can be very very anxiety inducing and then we have the deeper aspect of birthdays which is what it means to grow another year older something that many of us myself included find it hard to come to terms with birthdays bring shit up but the truth is that at any day of the year if we sat with ourselves and asked ourselves the big questions we would feel just as uneasy as we do on our birthdays because birthdays are just a signpost for where we are right now and what we're doing with our lives we get older every single day And we don't have a breakdown every morning that we wake up on a new day and say, oh my God, I got another day older. We just live our lives. And that's really the work to do if you're feeling stressed about your birthday and you're feeling as though it's all getting a bit much and it's very anxiety inducing for you. The work I do with my clients is to really understand that concept and to really work on that birthdays are just birthdays but to understand and work through the fear and anxiety 
of what it's really coming from. Because birthdays can be reframed in an amazing way and an indicator that you are ready to do new things and to have a fresh start. And for me, my birthday misery ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me because I built my business on it. So just to let you know, if it's your birthday soon or you know that you always feel a little bit weird before your birthday, this is a research finding that I've seen is that almost all of us enter into some sort of reflection period before our birthdays. Research finding number two. We all feel lost. On some level, we all feel that in some way we are fucking life up. I want to talk about something that I've realised in the past year about people who are turning 30. This is a massive generalisation. It really, really is. But my research and working with all different types of people has shown me that there are really two categories of 30-somethings that I see and that I work with. Now, disclaimer, let's bear in mind it's not a fair test. Because of my work and the audience that I have and the people that I speak to, in general, those people are struggling more than others. And I obviously hear less from people who have completely got everything together they don't feel like a fuck up, they feel like everything fell into place, 30 is just another celebration for them and their lives are just perfection. Having said that, I've actually yet to meet any of these characters in my real life outside of coaching. So to me, it feels quite unlikely that these people exist, but maybe they do. Maybe there are a small subsect of the population. But the two people, the two types of people that I see are as follows. The first one are those who get to 30 and feel that they haven't done anything that they wanted to do or most of the things that they wanted to do. They feel that they don't have any of the boxes ticked or very, very few of them that they would like to have done. And then what happens is when they are approaching their late 20s, early 30s, they get kick started into some sort of panic and worry that nothing is going the way that it should. I find that most often these women have had unexpected twists and turns in their 20s. Mostly they took a different career route or they moved country or they went through a big life shakeup. Maybe something family related happened or they went through a big breakup of a long term relationship. Basically, bottom line, their 20s didn't go exactly in the cookie cutter way that society says it should go or maybe that they thought and predicted it should go. And this leads to a big panic before turning 30. So that's the majority of clients I work with. I'd say around 70% of people who cross my path can be put into that category. And I was definitely in that category. I moved countries when I was 27. I went through big breakups in my 20s. And in general, I left different jobs and made different career choices. Nothing had worked out the way that I thought. The second type of 30-something are those that did do all of the things. Now, as I said, this is a smaller subsect of people who come to me, but they're still really struggling almost to the same level as the others. These are people who did tick a lot of the boxes, that from the outside, things look great. They have the good job, good sudden inverted commas because it's often something that's quite high up it's something that looks really good from the outside and is a very good something for their cv they have the relationship usually they have a partnership 
Sometimes not, but most of the time, yes. Most of the time, they're in financially independent uh, situation because of the inverted commas good job. They often own a house or on their way to owning a house. Sometimes they even have children already. They really have their ducks in a row, so to speak. And then what happens is they don't feel happy and they don't get it because they ticked all the boxes. So they're supposed to feel happy, but it just doesn't feel good on the inside. They feel unfulfilled. And often they say, is this it? Is this what being an adult is? Is this what I'm supposed to be like now? Because they did all the things the right way, but actually they're not in alignment with who they truly are and what they want to do. Just considering these different types of clients as part of the research can tell us so, so much about the state of turning 30. It tells us just how much it really doesn't matter if you tick all the boxes or not. All that really matters is that you live a life that is in alignment with what you really want and what your values because the timelines and milestones are irrelevant. They're external factors and those external factors can cause short-term bumps of happiness and bumps of fulfillment but actually when you have to wake up every day in a life that you don't truly love it feels not great. It feels bad. So it shows me that even though we love, love planning and think that our 20s are going to go a certain way, a lot of the time, when the circumstances change, I mean that they don't, it's just a redirection. It's just something that we should adapt to and that really is the beauty of life. How boring would it be if everyone did the same thing at the same time? Imagine just only meeting people who would all like their jobs or who all were in happy relationships, or who all had owned properties and were, you know, refurbishing their apartments. It would be boring. There would be no challenges in life. The circumstances would mean that we were just constantly the same as everyone else. I love the fact that a majority of my clients think outside the box. I love the fact that my clients who ticked the boxes and then don't feel fulfilled, have the courage to come to me and be in awareness of themselves and say, Emma, this isn't enough. I want more. I need a change. I love the fact that my clients whose 20s didn't work out the way that they wanted to have moved countries or cities. They live abroad or they want to live abroad. I just did the mini course last week uh, for my group program. I ran a free three-day training and within that, I created a Facebook group. And I asked all the members of the Facebook group to do an introduction. Now around 30 of the individuals in the group posted what they're looking for in their next chapter. And they posted where they live, who they are, what their job is, a little bit of background information about themselves. And I was blown away to hear everyone's stories because it was so amazing to hear how many people have done different things and have different circumstances. So many people were talking about the fact that they moved country or they moved city and then they moved back again or that they were planning on moving or that they had had a career change and I just loved it. It was amazing to read it all and I resonate with it so much. I often think about how my life would look if I would have stayed in London and done all the things in the right order and eventually I know that I would have just ended up back to square one. Just to summarise this research finding... I want to just really reiterate that 
we are all going through something and a majority of us feel like we are lost, we're confused and we're not exactly sure how to do life right. And this leads to my next research finding, which is that we are all having our own human experience. And in addition to that, things are never ever how they look on the outside to other people. So as I was mentioning before, in the past year, I've spoken on initial consultation calls with almost 100 women. One thing I've learned is that it looks like often that people are coping from the outside, from the way that they present themselves on social media or to friends or the way they speak to people. But on the inside, things can often look very different. I've had people from all walks of life come to me with all different levels of privilege, with all different types of jobs, experiences, different upbringings, cultures, religions, family backgrounds. And I see the same thing time and time again, that we all are in this place of feeling uncertain or feeling lost. It doesn't really matter who you are or where you're from. On some level, we all have a human brain and we're all struggling. And in addition to that, we all want other people to know that we're not struggling, so we try really hard to hide it. Once, when I was first starting to do the consults, I used to look at people's Instagram accounts if they come to me through Instagram, which most of my clients do. When I first started doing the consults, I would really prepare before and I would look and scroll down whoever had booked the call and look at their Instagram page. I always saw these big smiles and amazing posts on trips, often sometimes really profound captions, usually with a big group of friends. And I would make stories to myself in my head. Wow, this person has such a great life. What do they need me for? And because I was a beginner coach and I was really working on how to help people and and working on how to sell my program, I used to panic about it and be like, wow, this person looks like they really have their stuff together. And what I learned from meeting so many of you is that it doesn't really matter what things look like from the outside if it doesn't feel good on the inside. And basically, long story short, social media is a pile of shit. And it's not a true reflection of anybody's life or anybody's inner state. The only time that it really is is if somebody is showing up very authentically online and that their whole persona and what they're trying to really talk about is give their audience a true insight and true content which you'll see more in the personal development world and coaches and some celebrities do it but in general most people who are on Instagram who don't have a business whose aim is to help people you know connect and be more authentic is just literally little snapshots of people's lives that you can never ever tell what's going on behind closed doors. I'm sharing this with you to remind you that you're absolutely not alone if you compare with other people and you think that they're doing better than you and you're not doing well enough. You are not alone in that. We all do it. But just remind yourself that the chance that that other person has like got life right is really, really slim. And also that you're not alone with wanting to share with the world that you feel good on the outside when you don't feel good on the inside. Really, when we think about it, 
we are all the same. Doesn't really matter the packaging on the outside. We all have that thing, that very weird, rubbery, pink thing in our heads called our brain that controls us and it's a computer. And most of us, because we haven't been taught in school or we haven't ever done coaching and learned about ourselves and our psychology and how we operate, don't know how to use that thing. And that's why I always say to people, be kind to yourself. Don't judge yourself. You just have a human brain and you're just having a human experience. Finding number four, I think it's number four, not really keeping count, just flowing with it. The next finding that I found is just how much our culture and our surroundings and our childhoods contribute to the way that we feel about turning 30. Partway through this year, I had a realization of just how many of my clients had their own personal stories that contributed to the feeling of not having have achieved enough. And most of it is really correlated to the world in which they existed. So what I mean by that is I did some analysis. I was looking at my clients and I realized that from those who I had the initial consultation calls with and those who eventually signed up for me, so my client roster, a really high percentage of this are from culturally diverse backgrounds, often having been brought up in religious contexts and with parents and extended family who really place emphasis on the timelines. So this is really interesting because I think it just really shows me just how much your cultural background, your religious upbringing can change the way that you think about yourself because of the conditioning of society. And I've also found it found it a lot with people who are brought up in religious contexts but really exist in one group of friends who have chosen the cookie cutter path and who really feel left out because everyone's doing one thing. And I also see it for those who are in jobs where a majority of their colleagues are doing certain things and living their lives a certain way. The point here is that we can't brush over the impact that our upbringing and our childhood has on our societal conditioning and just how much we are programmed by others to believe certain things. My coaching and everything I teach really aims to strip this back, to unlearn all of this conditioning and then give you the power to decide for yourself what you want and how you want to live your life. Sometimes we arrive to the answer that this is exactly how I want to live my life and it is the same as you've been brought up but a lot of the time it's not and nothing makes me happier than seeing my clients really connect with their authentic selves even though it is very difficult to have to go against all these program beliefs that we've been taught by our family and our extended family and sometimes our friends our colleagues our teachers or even just popular culture. The next research finding is that healing isn't linear. Now that's something you'll hear on an Instagram meme time and time again, but if I could think of one of the key lessons I've learned from connecting with you all and coaching you, it is this. My clients always go through a very similar process. Now it's not exactly the same for every single one, but I'll talk about the most common pattern I see, and I'm sure I have some clients listening to this who will relate. So usually what I see is, the first time that the client goes in on themselves and basically decides to be coached and they press play and they 
you know, sign the contract and send me the money, there's an instant boost of excitement and confidence and adrenaline and a hell yes, I've got this. And usually during that small period when that happens, it depends. I have some clients who we um, have a waiting uh, list so that they have to wait to be coached and some who we start the week after. But usually the boost that you get from the initial sign up sees some really amazing boosting confidence and change. And then what happens is we start to do the coaching. And the first things I do is I really encourage all of my clients to start journaling. And then there's often a dip. And this is a really common pattern because the first time that you start to look inside of your head when you've never done it before, it can be very, very confronting. And I often hear resistance. I often hear this is too hard. I can't do it. I'm struggling with journaling. And I don't like what I see. Is there something wrong with me? Maybe there's something wrong with all the thoughts in my head. Why am I so negative? And I always try and reassure all my clients that this is completely normal. It's part of the process. You cannot really get to feel better until you've actually had a look inside, which initially can cause you to feel a bit worse. And then after a while, when I, of course, coach my clients through this time and encourage them to stick at it, usually after around one month to six weeks, there's some sort of breakthrough or realization or just a progression. And this feels amazing to them. It's like, wow, I signed up for something and it's paying off and it's all going really well and I'm loving it and everything's really great. And this is where I really start to see changes happen, changes externally as well, because you've worked on yourself for a month or two on the inside and then confidence is building up maybe they've started setting boundaries more just getting into a better routine being more authentic all of the things and it just starts to feel right and then always without fail I'll have a coaching call with a client from this period of time let's say it's usually after the midway mark so after around six weeks between the six weeks and the 10 week mark there's always one call where I'll press play on zoom I'll, I'll press open the call and a client will come on and be really sad and be really upset something's happened and they've thrown got thrown off they feel like they did right at the start when they first came to me somebody said something and it got to them something happened with their job something happened with their family just something and most of the time there'll be judgment and tears and not only will it be sadness about how they feel but it will be that extra layer of oh my God, it's not working. There's something wrong with me. When I was a first working with clients and I was a beginner coach, I used to be so attached to the, my client's state of mind. I used to get onto the call and if this would have happened, I would take it to mean that there was something wrong with the program or that I had done something wrong if they didn't feel good. And now I realize how much this is just part of the process. This is just completely normal. I've learned this for myself in my own coaching that it is impossible to constantly feel better day after day after day. There's always going to be blips. There's always going to be times when you fall off the path. That's what I call it to my clients. But it's absolutely okay to get back on the path. It can seem like the worst thing in the world when you go from feeling really, really great and making progress and then you just have a big dip down. But this is just part of the process. And I don't think I've, until now, completed a coaching package with a client who every single week has felt progressively better and hasn't had a mini breakdown in the middle of our time together. And it's really interesting from my point of view because I never see the healing in between. I only ever see the client come onto the call once per week, 50 minutes. We do the work together when they're not feeling good. 
And then what happens is a week will go by, we'll log on to the call again, and I'm telling you now, I don't think it's ever happened that they haven't felt better on the next call. Usually it happens that they had to ride that wave, go through that bad time, go back inside themselves to have a little look of what's going on, guided by me, and then the week after they come and they're like, oh, thank God, I'm back to normal, I'm ready to tackle life again. And you probably know that from when you've had a funk or you've had a bad day or maybe even a bad weekend, and then afterwards you have one good night's sleep and it just knocks you back into shape. The lesson to take from this is that everything in life is temporary and isn't going to feel amazing all the time. Even if you do pay for a course or a coach and someone to help you, life is still not going to be linear in terms of feeling better. Side lesson learned here, another thing I've learned, I'm not going to dedicate a whole finding to it, but I just wanted to mention it, is that crying is normal. And 100% of the time, crying and letting out your emotions makes you feel better. And even more than that, crying and letting out your emotions and speaking to a professional or somebody objective or even somebody subjective a friend or a family member is going to make you feel better so do not be afraid to do it the next research finding I have found is that being busy and having a lot on is the reason to get coaching and to take time for yourself and not to avoid it now this is also applies to anything whether it's just signing up for coaching or even just getting out that journal I hear this all the time the one excuse that I get a lot when people say I feel really bad but I don't have time to actually commit to something or it's not the right time because I've got a lot going on right now and I'm too busy and in the future I'll feel better one thing that I've learned from my clients is that when you are busy You fall out of alignment with who you are often because you aren't taking care of yourself in the way that you should. And that's exactly why you need coaching and exactly why you need to take that time out of each day, whether it be 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour for yourself. And I think it's part and parcel of the society that we live in that when we're rushing around from thing to thing, we think we don't need help and we think we don't need support But more than anything, this is the time to step up and do it. Now, I've been hearing some feedback from people about my coaching course where they're saying to me, oh, I'm not sure if it's a good time. The lockdown has finished. Maybe I'll do it in the winter. It's summer now. Things are open. Maybe I'm going to book a holiday and all of those things. And, you know, that is one way to look at it. And I always think, oh, okay. So does that mean that the person won't benefit from coaching? And the truth is, it's absolute bullshit. My clients who have persevered through the lockdown and then come out have actually found that the hardest time they're experiencing is post-lockdown, when they now feel burnt out and anxious and trying to do all the things and they feel really guilty that they can't make sure to be the good friend and be the good partner and be good at work and also exercise and also journal and some of the deepest work that we do are during these busy times so if it feels to you that being busy is a reason to not do this personal development work and to not be coached or to not even journal ask yourself the future version of you who in three months time you think will be ready to be coached if she's already achieved what you want to achieve what would she say right now to you she would say take that time she would say 
be coached. She would say, do the journaling. She would just tell you to stop with the busyness and stop using it as an excuse and actually work on yourself. The next research finding is that change is an inside job. Most of my clients come to me because something in their circumstances has changed, whether it's a job, you know, they want to leave their job, they've, they're at breaking point, or maybe they've been made redundant, or they've been fired, or they've got a new opportunity and they're not sure whether to take it or not, or whether it's relationships, so they've been through a breakup, or they want to end a relationship, or they want to start dating. Usually, they come because they want to change their relationship to something external. Every single time without fail, my clients realize at some point in the end that it was never anything to do with the external thing, that was just the trigger, and that it's always to do with the relationship with yourself. Because once you improve the relationship with yourself, you genuinely improve the way that you approach everything in life. So those circumstances will feel very, very different once you actually change your thoughts about them because you've changed the thoughts about yourself. So just remember, sometimes you don't need a big life change, a big change in circumstance to actually want to work on what's going on in the inside. Change really is an inside job. It starts all from within. It starts by looking inside. And working with you all over the past year has made me realize how much working on yourself and working on the relationship with yourself can completely change the way things feel on the inside and then eventually how they look on the outside. The last research finding, I honestly have about 10 more, maybe I'll do a part two episode, but for now, this is what I want to share with you. The last finding is that when you commit to change and go all in on yourself and decide that the time is now, change is 100% inevitable. That is the main lesson that I learned from my clients this year. From all of the 40 women who signed up for coaching with me, there wasn't one woman who didn't finish after three months and come out with a life that looked better. There wasn't one person who didn't achieve something. There wasn't one person who said to me, Emma, I wish I didn't do this, or I feel the same way as I did at the start. Change is inevitable once you step up and decide that you are not going to have it any other way. Investing in yourself, literally putting money on yourself and saying, this is it, I am ready. It's almost like you're going into a bank and you're paying the banker a sum of money for a promise to yourself that you are going to step up and do the work. And I'm not trying to brush over my coaching skills and the work I do with my clients, but I often see that all it takes is that initial investment, that initial adrenaline and boost in confidence to really give my clients the power to change. And I see this happen because like I mentioned before, I have some clients that sign up with me and then they have to wait for my bookings to open up. So we'll sometimes have between four to six weeks where they are signed up and paid for and then we've not actually done any work 
but then we get started four weeks later. The change that I see in those four weeks before we've even started coaching together is always there. There's always something that's changed. They say to me, I feel different. I feel better. I'm spending more time on myself. Or maybe they've decided to do something with their career, a decision that they've been putting off. Because that's the truth. When you just basically get sick of your own shit (laughs) and you say, that's it, I'm done, I'm ready to change, I'm scared, I'm nervous, but here I am, this is me. You send out a sign to the universe that you are ready, you commit to yourself, and then everything that happens after that will always be in alignment with the fact that you decided that you want to change. My clients have done the most amazing, amazing thing this past year. And they have just decided to go in on themselves. And I'm honestly getting emotional speaking about it because I think there's nothing braver and there's nothing more inspiring than an individual who isn't willing to just accept where they are and who wants to make change, no matter what it looks like. If you resonate with any of these research findings or you just know deep within that there's something more to where you are right now and you're feeling stuck and lost and ready to take those next steps and really build your next chapter, I encourage you to go and check out my brand new group coaching course, The Next Chapter. The doors are open, enrollment is now available, spaces are being snapped up really quickly and the early bird runs out this weekend on the 26th of June. I cannot recommend more that you decide that change is inevitable. You will not get a coaching program that has so much meat and, you know, information that you're going to be able to use to coach yourself for the price that I've given it to you. It really is over-delivering. It has a, it's a 16-week group program with live workshops on the turning 30 coaching concepts so we're talking about confidence boundaries emotional adulthood future you and also comparison and we're basically going to be teaching those on in live workshops you're going to be part of a group so there's going to be an exclusive facebook community and within that community you're going to have a direct line to me coaching you and showing up there on a daily basis There's also a downloadable workbook and there's going to be self-paced study modules for my three-step method of how to make change. If you want your life to look different in October, then I recommend going and checking out the program and signing up. I cannot wait to get started. The course dates start in 11th of July and it's going to be four months of amazing, amazing lessons learned because as you can see from one year of full-time one-on-one coaching and 500 hours of conversations, I've learned a lot about what it means to feel good about turning 30 and now I've created this container and this group program to help you do it as well. I really can't wait to see you there and I'll see you on the podcast next time. Mm